I'm Chanae Ogwumike. I'm Lisa Leslie, and we're very excited to tell you about our new podcast with Blue Wire, Front and Center. Lisa and I are breaking down what's going on in our lives, in the world, and keeping it 100. We're also learning from amazing guests as well, like Emmanuel Acho. People that show love to me, I forever got their back. Vivica A. Fox. If the foundation isn't right, then the rest of it's going to go wrong from there. And more. Subscribe to Front and Center today. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Stafford, step it up, going left side, watch Calvin, Enzo, got him, oh baby, that was a rocket! And it's picked off, intercepted by Darius Slade, no one will catch him, touchdown! Hello and welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I'm your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode sponsored by Indeed and Bet Online. Thank you to both of them for being so kind to sponsor the show. So it's Thursday. You know what that means. Five keys. We'll have five keys that the Lions will need to do in order to beat the Indianapolis Colts. And before we get into that, just want to quickly mention a couple of things. First, I think it's gone unnoticed this week, and I think that's in large part because the Lions have won their last two games, but Detroit has not won in Ford Field for a year. Remember, the last time the Lions won in Ford Field was during the 2019 season, and it was against the New York Giants. And that game was on October 27th. So it's been over a year. Since then, the Lions obviously lost the rest of their games in 2019. And so far, they've lost to the Bears and to the Saints at home in 2020. They've been a good road team, which is a good sign for the Lions, even though the two road, two of the three teams that they beat on the road, frankly, were just not very good in Jacksonville and in Atlanta. But this is a chance for the Lions to get right at home, which, frankly, if they're going to have any shot at the postseason – they need to be able to do and Indianapolis might be at least a decent shot for them to do it obviously they go to Minnesota next week and then after that they do play Washington at home and frankly if they don't beat Washington at home that probably does not bode well for their postseason chances and frankly might send everything else into a tailspin when it comes to any sort of non-hot seat talk you're getting with Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia anyway and just a quick thing about that, too, and I know we've touched on it a little bit earlier in the week, but just because they've won a couple of games doesn't mean that the hot seat's off. I think that it's lessened a little bit at the moment just because I don't think there's a move that's going to happen with any sort of immediacy, especially since the team traded for Everson Griffin. Everson Griffin's not going to even be available till next week. It's clear that they're going to give Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn some time this season to try and make it right and see what happens and frankly as well they should at this point considering the team was able to crawl back to 500 they're still in the playoff picture if they were one in five right now maybe you're having a different conversation because with the as good as the nfc is particularly nfc west and that second place team in the nfc south 
it would be a really tough ask to even have a shot. As it is now, I think it's a difficult proposition, and it's not one that I would put say and put and say that I think that the Lions are going to end up making the playoffs as a wild card team. I don't think the division is realistically an option at this point because Green Bay is just, frankly, they're good and they're a better team than the Lions. They showed that in Green Bay and they've shown that basically every week since. So, you know, for the Lions to get there, it has to be with a wild card and they got to win these games coming up. And really, Indianapolis is a big swing game for them. Beating the Colts would, I think, give a little bit more legitimacy to the run that they've been on because understand the Colts are 4-2 and two this year. Yes, some of their wins have come against the Bengals, the Vikings, and the Jets, but they did win in Chicago. They beat the Bears. They lost to the Browns. The Browns are a good team. They lost to the Jags. Still can't figure that one out. And we'll get a little bit into that when we hit the five keys. But... This is not a team that is unbeatable by any stretch. I think that they are a better-than-average team. I think that their defense is legitimate, and we'll get into that both in the five keys and tomorrow with Mike Wells, our guest. But I think that they can take advantage of maybe some holes in Indianapolis's offense. I think they can pressure some areas and maybe have some success. Still don't know if I'm going to pick them. I have to make that decision by today. But... I'm not ruling out picking them because A, it's at home, and B, I just am not sold that this Colts team as a team is particularly great. I I think this is very much a toss-up game for the Lions. I think it's one that if they want to really try and make any sort of noise, they have to win. We'll be back right after this break with the five keys. Stick around. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. The wait is over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today. 
and get, take advantage of all of the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Thank you for hanging with us as we now jump into the five keys for the Lions to beat the Colts. And it does, in fact, start with Phillip Rivers. Yes, Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback. He may end up being a Hall of Fame quarterback one day, but he's 38 years old. He's playing his first year with the Colts. And frankly, it hasn't been great. Sure, he's completing almost 70% of his passes, 69.7%. But he's already thrown six interceptions. His passer rating is 93.0. His QBR is 62.1. Okay. But you look at it and I really just kind of stare at what he's done. And I just haven't been super impressed this year. I think that's key number one is I don't think he's been bad this year. Obviously, Indianapolis is 4-2. and But I don't think he's a guy that you sit there and you're like... Wow, I, that's going to be a really, really, really tough ask. Like when you face Aaron Rodgers or you face Tom Brady or you face Lamar Jackson or you face Patrick Mahomes. It's not the same level anymore. Phillip Rivers was at that level at one point where he was at one point in his career. You, you didn't want to face him. You knew that he could make life really, really difficult for you. And he still can at times, but it's just not the same anymore for Phillip Rivers, and the Lions saw that last year and they, when they faced the Chargers, and I thought they did a good job against Phillip Rivers last season. Remember, they won the game because Phillip Rivers was driving down the field and he threw an interception to Darius Slay. So Phillip Rivers ha- does throw pass interceptions. Of course he throws passes. He throws interceptions, and the Lions can take advantage of that even though they haven't been super efficient picking off passes really except when they faced Kyler Murray and Arizona but you look at it and he's not been great throwing outside the hashes and to me that's I think where the Lions can really attack him and that is to me key number one for the Lions make Phillip Rivers throw outside sure that'll put maybe some more pressure on Jeff Okuda and on Amani Awarie but Philip Rivers doesn't have the velocity he once did, and I think that there are chances to really maybe have him make a few mistakes if you have him throw outside. Keep in mind that when you look at specifically on the left side of the field, he's thrown interceptions, one interception this year when he's thrown deep beyond 20 yards. He's thrown one interception when he's thrown intermediate between 10 and 20 yards. He's thrown one interception when he's thrown short. So he has a propensity for when he throws left to – maybe possibly get intercepted. His completion percentage, too, is not great beyond 10 yards in a lot of the different zones, particularly to the left. So you want to maybe force him to throw to the left if you're going to make him throw intermediate or deep passes, whereas he's been much better going to the right. Now, again, and this is all from plot points from ESPN Stats Information. So I think that you really need to make him throw outside the hashes because – He hasn't really been able to build that chemistry with T.Y. Hilton. And we're going to get into that again with Mike Wells tomorrow. But that's always been kind of something that he struggled with of late in the last few years is getting those kind of deep balls down the field. 
to his outside receivers. So to me, that's key number one is try to maybe take away the middle of the field from Phillip Rivers, make him throw outside, make him make longer throws on what would technically be shorter passes because of the need to go outside. And that might be a way that the Lions can really take advantage there of Phillip Rivers. So that is key number one. Now looking more at key number two for Detroit, it's really going to be focus on Jonathan Taylor. Now sure, you can't do everything if you're the Lions, but Jonathan Taylor has been a very, very good running back this year, even as a rookie. But the Colts haven't been a great running offense, so you don't want to let them get going. And the Lions have been good against the run the last two weeks against Jacksonville and Atlanta. And Jacksonville and Atlanta, frankly, have good running backs. So it's not like they were facing really, really poor running backs when they did what they needed to do. Especially against Jacksonville, you knew that that was what they were going to try and do was run the ball. So the Lions were able to take that away. But if you look at what the what Indianapolis has done rushing the ball, I think that you can really take advantage of that and really try to make that one-dimensional. Again, then that makes Phillip Rivers have to throw the ball and maybe throw the ball outside where you can maybe create turnovers. Also, stopping the run and really handling Jonathan Taylor will potentially put the Lions into more pass rush situations. We've seen them be much more advantageous the last couple of weeks in that getting a lot more pressure, being willing to blitz more, blitzing from a whole bunch of different spots. And it has been very largely effective for Detroit over the last couple of weeks. So that is key number two. Yes, I know it's kind of bland and a little bit broad and maybe even a little bit overly cliche to say, hey, stop Jonathan Taylor, but Taylor's rushed 89 89 times for 367 yards. He's averaging 4.12 yards a carry. He's got three rushing touchdowns this year. He's the main guy in their backfield. That's the guy you really got to be worried about, really got to be concerned about. But like I said, they're only averaging 98 rushing yards a game. That's 28th in the NFL. They're only averaging 3.59 rushing yards per attempt. That's last in the league. So that's an area that if you can shut that down, force them to be one-dimensional, I think you've got a shot. Kind of turning it over to the other side now, you have to just be smart, and this is key number three, be really smart with what you're going to try and attack in Indianapolis's defense because Indianapolis's defense is getting healthy. Darius Leonard should potentially be back on Sunday, and that changes the entire dynamic of Indianapolis's defense. He makes them so much better. Their defensive front is good, obviously led by DeForest Buckner and Justin Houston. That's a tough combination to have to try and handle for the Lions offensive line. Now, the Lions offensive line has largely been good this year, and they've handled some pretty decent defensive fronts, so there's not a reason to necessarily think that they couldn't handle it, but it's going to be something they're going to have to do, and that means trying to be able to open up enough holes for DeAndre Swift and Adrian Peterson to really get to the second level where Darius Leonard will probably be an issue there. Then when you look in the backfield, they've got, or sorry, in the secondary, Xavier Rhodes is a guy that's very familiar with Matthew Stafford. He's very familiar with Kenny Galladay and with Marvin Jones. So you're not going to have, even though this is an AFC-NFC matchup, maybe some corners who really need to learn those receivers because 
Xavier Rhodes has seen these guys. He knows the book on them. He understands Daryl Bevel's defense as well. So that's going to potentially be a challenge. And don't forget, Xavier Rhodes, even though he didn't look good last year, he's already got two interceptions this year. He's played fairly well here, getting a little bit of new life in Indianapolis. And that's something that, you know, little bit of a worry if you're the Lions. So key, like I said, key number three is really going to be just kind of figuring out what they're going to be willing to give you and just kind of taking advantage of that. Now, they've been willing to do that be, to do that before and do that in the past. We've seen that in prior games and even in prior years with Daryl Bevel and certainly with Matthew Stafford. So I don't think that they'll force things, but they just need to make sure that they're not trying to maybe force things to Kenny Galladay a little bit. If the run isn't working with Adrian Peterson, move away from it quicker because this is a little different than Atlanta and Jacksonville. Like you need to just kind of take what they're doing and just keep poking away at what is working until they try to adjust. And then maybe you can take some shots down the field. That brings me to key number four, which is they continue to need to play DeAndre Swift more. And we've seen that a little bit more week over week where DeAndre Swift is getting more and more work. And again, like I've said over and over on this podcast, don't expect him to become the overall number one guy and not no one else gets any carries. That's not realistic for a rookie. That's not realistic for how Matt Patricia wants to run his, have his offenses run and really have his personnel groups run. It's just never been something he's been completely willing to do. But DeAndre Swift is getting more work every week. And that is a good sign for the Lions. I think it shows where DeAndre Swift's development is. And the fact that he's been a weapon both as a runner and as a receiver is something that the Lions were absolutely hoping for. Look at it this way. The first four weeks of the year, DeAndre Swift had 12 total carries. He had 14 against Jacksonville. He had nine against Atlanta and he might have even had a couple of more if they weren't in the situation they were in late in the game where they had to come back. He's been effective, and he's averaging 5.29 yards per carry. Like, you take that. Now, a lot of that is buoyed off of that 116-yard performance he had against Jacksonville, but understand, like, that's way better than what they're getting out of Adrian Peterson at the moment because Adrian Peterson's yards per carry have dropped every week since week one. So if you are the Lions and you kind of see what is happening here, I think you need to go more toward DeAndre Swift, work in Adrian Peterson because he does give you a different type of look. And I still think at this point they really should at least investigate maybe giving on Johnson the ball at least a little bit. See what he's got because – I think that right now Adrian Peterson just isn't giving you a ton. Now, all of that said, next week in Minnesota, I think Adrian Peterson is going to have a good game. Yeah, that's maybe the revenge game theory, all of that, and we're obviously getting ahead of ourselves here, but I don't know. I just I think that that's a really big possibility between Peterson and Everson Griffin going back to Minnesota. Whew, that could be really interesting if there's any sort of frustration or animosity, whether they say it or not going back to their old homes. Of course, Adrian Peterson's kind of done this before a little bit. And that brings us, by the way, to key number five. And I'm going to stick on the offense with key number five. And that is Marvin Jones. Got to figure out a way to keep him involved. They finally got him going last week. He was productive. He had a good game. He had 80 yards receiving or so. 
and he looked more like himself. Obviously, that helped with balance of Kenny Galladay. It helped open up TJ Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift more. I'm not saying Marvin Jones is the key to the offense, but having him going gives them so many options and weapons that it makes an Indianapolis defense really have to worry about where the Lions are going to go play to play more so than when Marvin Jones is quiet because at that point, wherever Marvin Jones is, obviously you're not going to let him go, but you can really maybe handle him more with single coverage and be able to really shade towards Kenny Galladay or stack down a little bit against maybe a shorter intermediate route to Swift or Hawkinson, where if you have Jones available to and more than available, but actually making plays, especially early on in that intermediate area, which is where he does so much of his good work that, that again will open up potentially the rest of the offense and maybe put Indianapolis's defense in a position where they have to guess a little bit more, make them have to worry about both dimensions of the game, and then I think the Lions have a chance to really be in business. I'm going to throw one more key out there. It's kind of maybe a half key, but the Lions just have to stick with what they're doing between man and zone, and we could have talked about it earlier, but it's been more effective. It keeps opponents guessing, and frankly, the book is still not out on the Lions defense when it comes to playing more zone because people are so used to Matt Patricia teams playing man that I think the Lions can really get away with this sort of look for a couple of more weeks before teams really start to catch on. Now, Indianapolis did have a bye last week, so they had extra time to maybe study what Detroit did against Jacksonville and see if they could pick some things up there and obviously, again, against Atlanta on Sunday. But... I still think it's a place that the Lions can really take advantage of until teams really start to maybe get a little bit more of a book on what they are trying to do in situations where they're trying to run man versus zone. Because I think the last two weeks, it's been a little bit unpredictable when they might run what. And that's, to me, very much to Detroit's benefit as they go along here with the rest of the way. But at some point, offenses are, and opposing coaches are going to catch up to maybe what they're trying to do, and they might have to adjust again. But... Just as long as I think they're continually continually adjusting, which it seems like they're doing more this year than they've ever done in the past, that's potentially a good sign. Want to thank my sponsors, Indeed and Bet Online. Really appreciate them. Want to thank Blue Wire Podcasts and Regions Field for hosting this podcast. Want to thank all of you for listening as we've talked about day over day over day and week over week over week. If you'd be so kind, feel free to follow me on Twitter or Instagram. Follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein Journalist. And you can leave us a five-star review if you be so kind wherever you listen to your podcast, particularly on Apple and iTunes, where you can actually go and leave those reviews. And with that, we'll talk to you tomorrow with our special guest, ESPN Colts beat writer, Mike Wells.